Taxi. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. You know, we often hear on the show about the obstacles that are there for people trying to access services that they should be easily entitled to. Well, another Chloe made contact with the show for some help after coming up against a brick wall while trying to claim a disability allowance and she joins me. Now, Chloe, good morning to you. Good morning, friend. How are you? I'm very well indeed, but more importantly, how are you? Because you've been through the, through the wars, Chloe. You you were a young mum with a job you loved in childcare, uh, pregnant with your second child and then, boy, did life change for you. Will you tell us your story, Chloe? Yeah, of course. Um, so my first baby was nine months old and we just found out that we were pregnant again. So I was about seven weeks pregnant and I suffered. I started suffering really bad with headaches. So I just brushed it off to stress and, you know, all that. And then come the following Wednesday, then a week later, um, it got very bad. Um, I was on my way into Dunn's into Taylor Shopping Centre and I got very blurred vision. I couldn't really walk. I was having to hold on around the walls. Um, and then when I got into Specsavers, because they said we'd get my eyes tested just to rule that out. And when I got in, I couldn't talk properly. They couldn't understand me. I knew what I was saying, but <clears throat> the girls inside hadn't a clue. I was just talking gibberish. So I kind of all started to panic. My mum eventually came in um, and the optician said, look, you need to take her straight to hospital straight away. So we, my mum dropped me down to my partner and he brought me straight to the regional. And luckily he did. He got me there so quickly and safely that they were able to start the process straight away. They brought me into the, um, the acute A&E, um, got me on, started loads of tests, um, sent me for x-rays, CTs. The CT showed that there was staining in my brain. Um, so they sent me for an MRI, which showed that I had suffered a cerebral venous thrombosis with a left temporal hemorrhage, So, which means I had suffered a blood clot, which then bled, um, so causing me to have a stroke. And how long into your pregnancy were you at this point? <clears throat> Only seven weeks. It was very, very rare um, and uncommon. It was due to the pregnancy and the hormones that it changed the thickness of my blood. Um, so yeah. And how long then were you you laid up with this? Um, well, I was in hospital for the week. They immediately started me on blood thinner, blood thinners to address, um, and started the process then of going through different physio and then speech and language, occupational, um, psychology. They all met with me and like that. Every doctor and nurse, specialist that I came across were lovely. They were, you know, very good to explain everything to me. Um, but that I was in there for a week and then it was just I couldn't sleep and I needed the rest to improve. So they allowed me to go home and like that I thought I was getting, you know, I was doing strong. I came home, I had to take the injections then myself um, every day up until I had um, my son um, and eight weeks after. Um, and like that I was in every week with the maternity. If I wasn't in the maternity, I was at my GP or the regional with hematologists or neurologists. They monitored me very closely and monitored everything. Now, I had speech and language therapy when I first came out, but I wasn't in the head frame because there was so much going on. I was still in 
still having headaches and I wasn't sleeping properly. So they done me, they we done speech and language just to kind of get me over it. And like that, I thought a lot of it, it's kind of hard to distinguish if it's if it was pregnancy or if it was stroke related. Mm. Um, so we kind of just done as much as we could through the pregnancy, you know, trying to do my reading and things like that. Because it was mostly cognitively I was affected, I thought at first. So trying to read things like read long documents, like all these documents I'm getting now from sure. the social welfare, yeah. isn't next to impossible. Um, even my writing, trying to write a proper sentence that has good English, um, thinking of word finding, like I get stuck for words, or my memory was very badly affected. Like there's parts now of my childhood, or even over the last couple of years that are blank, or even the last couple of weeks that to me they're non-existent. So that was affected. Um, so we thought it was mostly just like that, cognitively. Mm. And then up a few months ago, then back in January, I said, oh, I wanted to go back. My oldest, um, she wanted to read some stories. So we started reading and I just noticed then that my reading compared to what it was was so bad. I felt like I was back in primary school again. So you're still badly um, affected by this, obviously. Yeah, like... I suppose before I was kind of in mammy mode, I was in fighter mm, mode. Yes. I kind of just had to get on with it. I didn't have a chance to really look up myself. Um, do you know, I had a new baby. Our oldest was only one. Do you know, she was only barely walking. There was so much going on. I didn't get a chance to really notice anything. Um, and then as she, got, they both got older and a bit more kind of independent, um, I like that. I started to notice that the reading still wasn't. It wasn't great. Like it was shocking. Because before with the kids in the crash, like I'd be able to sit and barely even look at the story, and I could ramble it off. And you know, different voices. Where now, like um, it's like I'm reading word by word, and nearly having to stop and read the words to figure out what it is before I even say it. Right. So there's still an effect there, cognitive oh, there uh, is, effect. Yeah. So tell me about benefits. There were you on an illness benefit at this point? Then? Yeah. So with, with what happened was obviously I was on maternity leave after having my first child and yes. then obviously COVID hit in then because um, she's only two. Mm-hmm. So COVID hit in then so there was no there was no work. I wasn't going back like... To, to child um, care, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I thought they were all closed. Yes, of course. So then when we were due to go back, I was due to go back, um, I had a stroke. So obviously I was in no fit state to go working. Um, so they put me on Ill- illness benefit up until I had Robbie. And then he, when he was born, then they put me back on my maternity leave for the six months. And then after the six months, like I still wasn't like, you know, mm. I still wasn't ready to go yes. back. Um, so they advised me to go back on the illness. And that was all fine. And then come May this year, then they just stopped it. I went to my account that that week and there was nothing in it. So you got um, you got no notice of this stuff? No notice, no nothing, nothing to say that it was going to be stopped or even why it was going to be stopped or nothing. So I rang to say, you know, is everything okay? Do you know, because I went online and checked my, my gov and there was nothing, there was no explanation there. Mm. So I rang and they said, oh yeah, no, you've ran out of PRSIs, um, so you're not entitled to it anymore. Um, so if you want to, your next step would be to apply for disability allowance. Now, what about that? Because I know from previous experience on the programme that to qualify for a disability allowance, I mean, it really is extremely difficult. Um, was that your experience? Oh, yeah. Like, it to me, 
it didn't seem as if they were too bothered about the medical side of it. Like I sent, I sent as much information as I could from my GP. She was great. She sent me all the hospital notes, all of her notes, all my list of medication, a letter from her, and they not once asked me about it. They were all mostly interested in ba- about all you know bank accounts, bank statements, my partner's pay slips, and um, they would send me letters saying oh explain where this money is coming from and why you're paying this and who sent you this and why is this money in here um, and only now when they made and I throughout the process I asked I said because in that time I had started um, occupational therapy speech therapy physiotherapy with um, uh, here in Turles and also in the community neurological team in Limerick and I asked I sent a letter saying do you need more information from my different therapists, I can send them to you, um, you know, as well as all the other stuff. And not once did they say, yeah, we need, we'll take the letters from your therapist and stuff. It was just all, just no, they wanted all the bank statements. And all this correspondence, was this by phone or was it by email? No, just by letters. By letter, okay. Yeah. And, and did you make an attempt to get to speak to somebody one-to-one or was that... Impossible. Yeah, like that. I rang. I always rang. I rang like yeah. that. You're only put through to the communications team, as they say, and like that, they can only give you what's in front of them, and you can only ask them. So they don't actually know a hell of a lot because you're not. Yes. You don't get in contact with the deciding officer. Um. So you're just basically speaking to someone that just has your file in front of them. Right, but but not a decision maker as such. Is that no. what you're saying to me? No, um, I, I, I'm I'm very aware of your privacy as well. But your your partner's salary is modest, shall we say? It's oh, a, it's, it's a modest salary, isn't it? It's it's very low because he has to, he has he is a qualified mechanic, but he had to give that up, and he actually works um, delivering milk, so that he's only gone for a few hours in the morning. So we're asleep, and I'm asleep. So he's only gone for three or four hours in the morning because it's very hard to be left alone with the kids being so demanding. And I also am suffering with uh, cognitive and physical fatigue. So I'm always tired. So I have to take rest during the day. And if the kids are full of energy and full of beans, it doesn't mean that I am. So I might be absolutely shattered and I need to go and lie down. Otherwise, I'm no good to them, Like, which isn't fair on them. And you're on meds for depression and for anxiety yeah. as well, Chloe. And I'm yeah. so sorry to hear that on top of everything else, you know. Yeah. And I wonder how much of that is brought on by the anxiety of, uh, you know, your financial state yeah. as well as your health, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it, it's getting bad. Like, my mum, thank God, we'd be lost without her. She's really helping to pay some of the bills and stuff with us and other family members. They're like that. The pressure of even trying, you know, in the back of your head of owing them money now like it just seems like our lives are resol- revolved around money where it shouldn't be we should be enjoying our kids we're both still young like we're, you know my partner he's only 27 and I'm 25 like we're still really young our kids are young we should be enjoying them Absolutely, not having to worry about this I mean, We were completely taken by your letter but, but there's one aspect to it um, which I really want to bring to listeners you say I wish I didn't need government support <laughs> that I could provide for my family but my health is important and I want to be around for my kids to grow up and that means rest and it means yeah. therapy and that really says it all doesn't it? Yeah like I wish I so wish like I could be working and providing for them and like giving them everything they need and want but like if I do I've been told if I go back to work I'm just rushing the process and I could even end up going backwards and like Money, like, yeah, we need it, but, like, 
I want to be around for them. Do you know, I don't want to be back in hospital. Like the week that I was in hospital away from Ava was horrible. Do you know, like, and that's only a week. I don't want to end up going backwards again or adding, do you know, more stress there, God forbid, another stroke. Do you know, I don't want to go through any of that ever again. So the less stress or anything that I can be under, the better. Well, let's see what we can do for you because I know that Deputy Michael Lowry has been on to us and uh, we made him aware of your situation this morning and he will, if it's okay with you, set up a meeting with you today and will find a solution. Yeah, because like even now I received a letter about my decision um, last week and like here telling me that the, the even though there is evidence um, and a, there's a level of capacity um, but there's not enough that's to say that I'm not able to work and also that the evidence seems that I can get better so that with treatment that my condition will improve. Like, I hope to God it improves. Like, I I hope that it improves. I hope that, it, you know, it's not like this forever. Do you but, know, and but in, the me- that- in the meantime, the situation you're in, is making your 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 illness worse? I would imagine. Yeah, make, making like, your headspace yeah. worse as well. Oh, like my head just doesn't stop, and like some days are great, and I have no headaches. Where it's the pressure and the stress. Like my head is always pounding, and like that with the fatigue, I'm constantly tired. Like and like that, I didn't realize it was fatigue. I was getting frustrated because I didn't know why I was so tired all the time. And when I started the therapy, they said, "No, Chloe, that's down to the stroke." And I was like, like, I didn't know that. Or even, you know, when I started the physio, um, doing certain exercises now, all my right side is that bit weaker. And I never, I never noticed that because I hadn't any reason to. So I now have to build up all the strength and the balance on my right side, which I didn't think was even a yes. factor for me. But, but I mean, that's why I can't get over that the department is still saying to you that you don't qualify because you're well enough to work, in their opinion. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like there was no, like there was no meeting of their medical assessor. There was no meeting of their even their doctor. Nothing. It was just through the papers that I had given them. And there was one. There's one part they're saying now that I didn't provide them with the correct with um, recent documents of certain accounts. And I sent them handwritten letters saying, "Look, I don't know what these accounts are for. I don't know who owns them." Um, yeah, they might have sent us money or they might have, you know, we might have sent them. But I said, I don't know where they are. I don't know who owns them. And I sent it to the bank and they can't find them either. And I explained this all in the letter and they're still asking for the documents, saying that I didn't provide them with the right documents. And this is stressing you. I can even hear it in your voice. This is stressing you out completely, obviously. Completely. Like, even, like, the process alone, like, I handed in my application in the beginning of July. This is going on a long time, and we get being told. Every time I rang nearly every second week saying, yeah, it's nearly there, it's nearly sorted. I rang last week, and they were like, oh, yeah, you should have a decision by the end of the week. And then I rang on Friday because I didn't hear anything, and they were like, oh, we sent you out a letter last week. And I was kind of like, well, why did you tell me during the week that there'd be a decision? this week if you've already sent it out and I had got no post and then when I did get the post I think was it yesterday there was same letters but with an extra one in one of them so to me it sounded like they hadn't made like they only sent out the letters on Friday but one person in the communications team was telling me one thing and then another was telling me another thing 
<laughs> it's it's just un, unbelievable. Oh. And you, you, you're 25 years old in this yeah. in this situation, which is you know. How how are the children, Chloe? They're great. They're yeah. so good. One is in preschool, um, and the other he's currently asleep. But they're great. They're full of beans. They're healthy kids. Thank God. We were very lucky with Robbie. He had no complications. It didn't affect the pregnancy whatsoever. Isn't thank that God. fantastic? Yeah. Yeah, that was a major relief. So at the end of the day, that's all we were kind of concerned about was yes. to make sure he'd be okay. Especially I was with all the medication I was taking and all the tests they were doing. Um, but no, he's perfect. He's great. There's not a thing wrong with him, and so is she. They're happy kids. But like that, I feel awful when they do want to go and run around outside because they're energetic kids, and I'm so tired. Like I just, and if that's only two, I can barely keep keep up with my own two. It wouldn't be fair to go back into a preschool or a creche with thirty odd kids in one classroom, depending on me to give them my full attention, and you know. I wouldn't be able for it. I'd be sh- I'd be shattered by the ha- by the end of the day or even throughout the day, and even as well as all the paperwork that co- that's involved with Tusla and Ashton Shielta, you have records and documents that have to be re- have to be written and recorded, and like parents see them. So if government parties are seeing them, like Tusla and Pobble and all them are seeing them, as well as parents. I don't want my writing and my reading and my spelling to be all over the place because they're going to think, well, if this girl can barely write me a letter, do you know, what? how is she able to teach my children their ABCs? Do you know, well, that's what's in my head anyway. So... It's it's an unbelievable story. Um, we, we'll keep following this, if that's okay. As I say, definitely yeah, Michael Lowry's yeah. been on to us. He will set up a meeting with you and do whatever he can for you uh, a little later on today, if that suits you. Is that okay, Chloe? Yeah, no, that'd be great. Yeah, like that. It's just, it feels like I'm taking on the whole country. And it shouldn't, it really shouldn't, shouldn't be, be this you difficult. Cer- like. You certainly shouldn't be, indeed. We, we'll keep following the story, Chloe. And we wish yeah. you and the family the very, very best. And thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for coming for on, Chloe. You're, yeah, no thanks. You're very welcome indeed. Look after yourself, Chloe. Thank you. That's Chloe's story. The second Chloe this morning. How do you feel about that? 1800 938 007. The text and WhatsApp is 083 311 One listener saying the whole point of disability allowance is to allow when time comes to the person to start work on a rehabilitation basis. It's scandalous that you should ask for independent assessment. Here's his one of our listeners and uh, many people wishing Chloe the very, very best indeed for uh, the future as well. Um, All right, we'll take a break. Back in a moment. If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call TIP today on 1-800-938-007.